Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today, we are going to be talking about how to deal with toxic people. Yes, a great topic because we've probably all been there. So Donovan, where would you like to start this conversation on how to deal with toxic people? Yeah, so I'll just do what I normally do, which is ramble for a bit. Uh, <laughs> what comes, like a plan. comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when I think about, you know, how to deal with toxic people, there is again, and I've talked about this a bunch of times, but different situations or the type of relationship mm-hmm. matters a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be different if it's a one-off, like, oh, this person is just going berserk at the restaurant I'm at, and I don't know them, as opposed to, you know, my parent, my sibling, my partner, whoever else is really exhibiting a bunch of behaviors that are actually impacting me negatively. Mm-hmm. So I think the first place that I want to start is maybe some of the identification pieces, right? Right. Because one of the things that I've seen, uh, both in myself and other people, is uh, sort of this leniency given to certain types of behavior mm-hmm. um, and not really chalking it up to toxic when when it actually could be defined as that way. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested in, in sort of your take on, on that angle um, and what you've seen. Yeah, I would say, you know, starting out, I, I do kind of want to do a distinction between a toxic person and toxic behavior. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to tease out because just because someone may have not learned emotional development skills and does things poorly and maybe doesn't validate your feelings, which isn't a great thing to do, obviously, but, you know, I think people can develop emotionally and become less toxic with their behavior. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but I, it's, it's kind of, for me, like my first thought is, you know, when I think of toxic people, and I'm kind of just rambling my first <laughs> thoughts too. Uh, I, I think of, cause I've had like a relationship. I, I just go back to my own experience and that like my very first relationship, I, the first person that I fell in love with actually ended up being a, a liar and a cheat. And I honestly think he possibly could have been a sociopath where he just didn't have any any remorse for his terrible behaviors that I just was young and naive and in love and stupid. And so I just kind of allowed myself to ignore all the red flags, but learn from that valuable experience of and not dating anyone to that degree anymore. But, you know, fast forward later, years later, maybe even a decade later, um, no, less than a decade later, I was dating someone that I didn't honestly think was a bad person, but just like the way we interacted just in how we would like get together and break up and get together and break up. It was just like a very toxic um, relationship, but I still think he's a good person. Um, but just like how we would behave with each other. And I, it didn't bring out like the best in me either. So, 
you know, I realized maybe there's things that I do. I'm not a hundred percent a perfect angel by any means, but I get that like, you know, maybe certain types of behaviors or personalities don't mesh well with me. And that doesn't bring out the best in me. And so clearly that was not going to be a healthy relationship for me to be in. So that's where I like to start. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I really answered your question. (laughs) That's okay. I feel like there, there are some really important things that we can dig into and kind of pick apart from that, because I do think it's important, like you said, to look at the distinction between whether it's toxic behavior or a toxic person or a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. because all of those pieces impact sort of the the path forward, right? Right. So I think maybe the first place that, to, that we can start digging around is basically this idea of like, if you run into someone with toxic behaviors mm-hmm. or a toxic relationship, the willingness of the parties involved to actually work on whatever it is that's not going correctly, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's the ideal situation, or at least the first thing that comes to my mind that, that you would try to want to tackle, right? If, right. Um, you know, if I'm interacting with my spouse or siblings or parents or whoever in ways that suck, um, if there is space on both ends to say, hey, you know, like when when I do this, you tend to do this, then I respond this way, you know, you, you sort of can break down some of the pieces and try to find angles to uh, make a little bit of space, make things uh, a little bit better. And then there is this completely different category of toxic people, like you were saying, who, who just have no uh, interest or regard or um, Mm -hmm. desire to change in any way whatsoever. And um, maybe that's where we should focus. Maybe we should focus the other direction. It's, it's, uh, we'll see where where it goes. Um, But I'd be curious what your, what your sort of thoughts are um, on the more toxic person side of things Mm -hmm. what are some of the 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 red flags because you kind of mentioned that a little bit and um that that you've seen and sort of what did you do to extract yourself from the situation because it seems like um these embedded relationships with toxic people are going to be uh very tricky to unravel right yeah no i uh that was i mean that was so long ago i was like 19 when i first met him so (laughs) very long time ago I, I think like the red flags that I, I ignored were just, you know, uh, just ticking him. And I, I generally don't think it's a bad thing to take people at face value of like what they say you assume is true (laughs) generally, but that's not always the case. Um, and so it was just kind of like things he would say that would not line up, like weren't in congruence I don't feel like I could be a liar because I could not keep track of the lies in my memory would not be able to handle that I could just remember what happened if I can remember what happened but yeah just you know noticing if there's a lot of incongruencies in actions and behaviors or in 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 what they say and speak I'd say you know if they seem really uh secretive, although I, I want to give a caveat that, you know, maybe they, they could develop themselves to be more open and vulnerable. I would say they're wanting to, and this wasn't my first relationship, but just other toxic, like red flags, I'd say like, Hey, keep an eye out. This isn't necessarily my experience, but I'd say if they're trying to like, keep you away from people that you care about, that's, that's a red flag. Um, I haven't had that experience before, but I'd say that's definitely a red flag if they, they consistently invalidate your 
your feelings and make you think you're crazy. That's called gaslighting. And that's just, you know, I think to some degree, I admit that there have been moments where I have been like a little, (laughs) a little like less than healthy behavior, but when they're kind of just like making you question, like if they are cheating on you and they're saying, oh, you're crazy, but you just really have like this gut feeling that that might be happening. It's like, okay, you know, you can't really verify yes or no, but you also give yourself some grace to, you know, be okay that you have some fears. Uh, And I think as far as like dealing with some of these like um, toxic people that are constantly putting you in a place of, of feeling disempowered, feeling less than like you're not good enough, feeling like you can never do anything right. Um, feeling like you can never just like be like fully respected and and loved. I think those are definitely red flags. It's like, why are you with that person? But for me, realizing that as, as someone who had to do a lot of development, I didn't realize at the time that I, I had a lot of like self-worth and self-love issues to work on myself because for me to put up with all the things that I put up with at this day and age, I would not put up with that kind of shit, honestly. But like back then it's just like, well, I'm in love. So I can put up with these ridiculous red flags that would just keep me pulling. And I didn't have enough love for myself um, to be able to walk away. And that took a lot of building my, my self-confidence and my self-worth to be able to, to do that. So I think that, that had been years in development of being able to, to be able to walk away when, you know, someone's not good for you. They, you know, it's like, yeah, there's passion and excitement, but then there's like this drop in depression and just like, you feel terrible all the time. You know, I think relationships are going to have like roller coasters, but when it's like extremes, that's something to be wary of and cautious of. Um, especially when, when it just is leaving you feeling bad about yourself all the time. Um, so, so that's where I, I'd like to start. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some important points that you raised. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, several different attributes and I think Mm -hmm. if it's just one thing in certain one-off situations, that's fine. But when you start seeing patterns or you start seeing clusters of, oh, well, you know, the stories don't really add up. And they seem to invalidate everything I say. And this other thing is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's when you need to start to like really pay attention to things. Another thing I, I thought of while you were talking is um, sort of listening to the people around you, right? Because I know mm-hmm. that some of the, the relationships that I've had, both friends and romantic partners and whatever else, um, other people would say like, hey, the way that this person is treating you is not good or like, hey, this story doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to sort of listen to those signals. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all heard the, the stereotype of like the, the new lover that somebody gets and then they just don't listen to anyone, even though everyone's like, what, what are you doing? This person is horrible. Right. Um, but trying to tune into those things a little bit more. Another thing um, for me, from my experience, um, a red flag is, is basically someone saying that, basically paying lip service to the fact that they're willing to change mm-hmm. and and not making any actual effort right like yeah it's not necessarily realistic to expect people to be perfect 
um, yeah. while they're trying to work on things. Totally. Um, but I think the big piece, or at least, you know, from my experience, what I've seen is people not willing to take responsibility after saying they were willing to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically saying like, well, I couldn't do it right this time because of this, and I couldn't do it because of this, and mm-hmm. I couldn't do it because of this. Um, and especially when that continues to play out over time, I'm, I've got one specific uh, relationship in mind, but basically this person would just continually um, pay lip service to all these things and continue the behaviors and then shift blame out. And going back to what you were talking about, um, and I think this is really important for uh, sort of getting these people out of your life or at least putting them in positions that are that are okay for you um, mm-hmm. is setting these strong boundaries and not being willing to just kind of, well, you know, they're my friend. Oh, they're my uh, sibling. They're my whatever. Yeah. I guess I'll just do it for them again this mm-hmm. other time, this time again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to uh, sort of just really knowing what it is that you're willing and unwilling to put up with. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some situations where you're willing to, to put up with some amount of things, um, but you, you have to pay attention to this sort of impact that has on you. You know, going right. to uh, your, your parents' house and listening to them drone on about how you should have been some other type of career mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. might be something that you're willing to put up with. But if it's something that's actually making you feel bad all the time and, and mm-hmm. lowering your self-esteem and making you think like, oh, I chose the wrong path and my parents aren't proud of me and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. then it's important to to sort of shore up some of those boundaries um, mm-hmm. and be willing to start making those motions. Yeah. Um, I did want to add. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I did want to like, when you gave that example, it just made me think of like, it is one thing if your parents are just kind of like criticizing and, and bashing you all the time. And it's just like, yeah, you want to remove yourself from that situation. But I think it's also, and it depends, every person's situation might be unique, but I, I think it'd be potentially if you feel safe enough to do like worthwhile to like confront your parents about like how their actions and behaviors and what they say is impacting you. Cause they might not have any, like maybe like a parent's just joking like joking about like, oh, we could have had like a Ivy League, (laughs) whatever that might be. And you're not. And just like kind of in a, in a joking way, but it it really could be hurting your feelings and they are not really present and aware enough of like the impact of their words on you. So having them become aware of it. And if you keep telling them like, Hey, I'm not cool with this. And if you continue to do this behavior, that I don't like, I don't know if we can have a relationship anymore, which is unfortunate because I would like to have a loving, connected relationship with you. And if they still can't respect that boundary that you put in place and verbalize, then I think it would be, you know, fair for you to like honor what you said, your word, you set that boundary of like, I, I said, you know, I gave you some warnings, like, you know, I, I, this doesn't work for me for you to continue to like berate me or, or criticize. And it, it doesn't help my self-esteem and make, moving forward with what I want in my life. And so if they're not, they're consistently not respecting that boundary, then I think that's, that's another red flag to, to keep in mind and find someone that's willing to respect and honor you for, for what you need um, at that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that goes back to sort of this distinction we're talking about with toxic behaviors or toxic people. Mm-hmm. Um, because a, a lot of time there are 
behaviors that are toxic are just impacting people negatively that the the originator has no idea that it is actually having that impact right Uh, i'll give one example like at my in my family um my parents would give my brother a hard time whenever he came over because he didn't come over very much and so when he'd come over they'd be oh wow like you finally made it over here you know some sort of sarcastic Mm -hmm. like yeah remarks and uh the intent was to be lighthearted, right? To just be like, oh, you know, haha, you, you're finally here. Um, but the way it was coming across was really negative. And, and it was, it made it so that he wanted to go over and visit them even less, you know, because mm-hmm. every time he went, it'd be like, oh, aha, here's this joke. You finally showed up. Like, I'm here. Can you not mm-hmm. spend, you know, some of the time actually respecting that I, that I am here or appreciating or right. connecting or whatever else? Mm-hmm. um and you know there's there's tons and tons of situations like that that just continue indefinitely unless you do start to push back on some of the boundaries mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. again it, like if it's a toxic behavior people may not know that it's having that impact on you unless you're willing to say hey this is really not working for me like when i come over i want you to <laughs> just hang out with me and not do this you know running joke um, because it's not funny and it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me not want to come over anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. but yeah, I, th- I think it's just so important because like a lot of people don't recognize and, uh, a lot of people aren't comfortable sort of having that level of confrontation or whatnot. But if the, the foundation of the relationship is strong, it should be not too terrible of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if they, if you go in with the intention of setting your boundary and they, make fun of you more or they make you feel worse then that's like yeah then clearly maybe that is a toxic person in your life that you don't want in your life and setting setting that might boundary I did want to like circle back to something you said earlier that I thought was important was like that that lip service where like people Mm -hmm. are just you know constantly saying and I kind of want to just like expand upon that a little more in that I think like another red flag that I want people to consider is like, you know, when they're really being like, they're really super mean and nasty. They, they get really terrible. They're criticizing you. They're, they're calling you names. They're yelling and screaming at you. That is not great. But then all of a sudden they, they flip the switch and then they, they're like, oh, whoa, I was just like, you made me feel like that. So, you know, you brought out the worst in me and I'm sorry and I love you and I will never do it again. Kind of like a thing kind of. And then it's just like that constant back and forth of like that vicious mean behavior with a like loving, like love bombing is the her, the word that I said here. They're love bombing on you. They're speaking your praises, singing your songs that you would want to hear, making you feel good to be like, well, there's so much love, you know, I don't want to walk away because, you know, we're in love kind of a thing. And so I think that's an important thing to like, if it's that kind of push and pull, um, instead of, you know, him or her not willing to work on themselves to get to the root cause of what's causing their outbursts, you know, maybe they probably have their own trauma that they haven't dealt with that they need to deal with. Cause that keeps showing up in your relationship. And that's not okay because it's going to end up hurting you. So I think um, I just wanted to circle back to that because I thought that was an important point. Yeah. And going on to sort of that same same piece, um, I think the frequency and intensity are both really 
critical factors to look mm-hmm. at because yeah. you know we all lose our temper every once in a while yeah, uh, yeah. we may act act that out i've in done it ways. too <laughs> i'm guilty yeah. i've cursed and yelled i've done i've been there yeah mm-hmm. so it just goes back to like if it's happening very frequently if there's these big uh shifts in intensity if the person is not taking responsibility and not because you even said it you even said it in the wording that you use like oh you made me feel this way so then i act this other way you know, when people are using verbiage like that, um, it really shows that they're not willing to take accountability for the situation. And yeah. it's very unlikely that things are going to mm-hmm. change until that first piece gets done. Because if you don't see yourself as um, sort of the initiator of actions mm-hmm. or responses, then you're not going to see yourself as as an agent who is able to change mm-hmm. your future response, right? If, if I say like, you make me mad, well, then I'm powerless to do anything and you're going to continue to make me mad. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, and paired with uh, frequency, right? Like blowups happen, stuff happens, but if it's like daily, even, you know, uh, several times a week, yeah. even even a few times a month, you know, these mm-hmm. these super high intensity um, blowups. And like you said, the, this flip-flopping back and forth. Also the, uh, um, you know, we've highlighted, uh, romantic relationships i've definitely seen this in in just normal friendships right friends showing up like oh we're best friends like let's go do this stuff together then huge blow up then just back and forth back and forth so um just wanted to highlight some of the other signs to look out for or pieces to look out for as well as um make it clear that this is this really applies to all sorts of relationships um it might feel like the details might be a little different but it but it all ends up roughly the same yeah yeah, you you make a really good point in that you know we we all experience you know getting triggered and you know maybe we're not always so so nice and <laughs> when we're we're in the heat of the moment which but I think it is important for people to like distinguish and recognize with them develop the awareness within themselves of like yeah when I feel like I'm triggered I know I have done enough self awareness work to know that I'm triggered and so I might not be the nicest person ever. But I know like, okay, give me a moment to calm down. I know we can have a more productive conversation, but I'm not going to be like, oh, love me. I'm so sorry. I, I was a jerk. Um, you know, I'll never do it again. Kind of a thing. It's like, okay, let me, let's try to understand why I had that reaction. What was going on internally for me, for me to have that. The other thing um, that I know, cause you know, my partner has reacted at me too. <laughs> like I reacted at him. Um, one thing that I think helps us, cause you know, I get that he doesn't have control over those reactions, you know, things from his past trigger him like, um, something silly I said, or like I could point out like the toilet seat not being put down and he'll be like, he's like interpreting it as like, like he never puts it down. And I'm like, I never even said that. I never even said anything. And so he's like reacting over there as like a silly example, but for like more serious things, I, I usually, when we're in a more serious type of argument or conflict, I, I usually, and I, I, and he does feel bad that he reacted and maybe not so, so nice of a way, you know, why he's a great partner for me is that he's willing to do the work, but I also need to communicate, like, these are the actions that I'd like you to take to, to work on yourself. So instead of like, oh, just just figure this out for you yourself. Stop doing this. It's that's not always easy. 
I generally like, okay, I'm like, you can go to therapy to clearly got to work on some inner child healing kind of a thing. Or, you know, you could do workshops or you can read this book. Sometimes I've given him like a book to read. (laughs) It's like his homework. Uh, If you want to make it up for me, just saying sorry is not sufficient. You know, that doesn't like, I don't know if you're going to ever do this again. I'd like to reduce the possibility. It might happen again because, you know, we're human. But for you to grow, I need you to take more actions of just saying sorry. So I give him like clear actions that he can take that's achievable and it, and it does enhance our relationship and that's how we both keep growing and evolving. So yeah, I'll add that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the ideal case, right? Where mm-hmm. we actually have the space mm-hmm. for uh, us to work with the other individual to sort of um, figure things out and find a path forward. And that's an important point too, is, um, you know, I have seen from time to time people saying like, Oh, you do this behavior and it makes me feel bad mm-hmm. and don't provide an alternative. Um, you know, in, in the ideal case, the other person goes and figures out what it is that, that they can do to, to sort of change things. But um, in the more realistic case, or at least harnessing as much of, of your power as you have to sort of make this change, having some ideas or helping them kind of brainstorm the types of actions that they can take that would be better uh, is going to be far more useful. Um, you know, there, there are going to be situations where you don't really know what they should do. Like, Hey, you keep losing your temper, but it's like you said, you know, there's some sort of generic ones, right? Like if you don't have a temper and you don't have to deal with that, that's fine. You can still find books Mm -hmm. addressing that topic, you know, pretty much any sort of general problem that people have, other people have also had. So there, there are resources out there to, to kind of start working on these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on sort of a different note, I want to just circle back to the boundaries piece, right? So if, you know, none of this stuff is working, um, I'd be curious what you think are some of the initial steps for setting boundaries, because I know that for a lot of people, uh, what happens is they say, um, uh, either they don't do it at all, right? That's the most mm-hmm. common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think that it's also common, like, Hey, if you don't start, uh, treating me with respect, I'm going to leave you. And then that that's a hollow threat. I'll call it a threat, but you know, it's a hollow um, statement, a a Mm -hmm. hollow boundary. So I'd be curious what you think is some of the starting points or entry points to building up some of these boundaries. Yeah. I feel like that that's, it's like, you have to respect me. Otherwise I'll leave. It's like, that's very open to interpretation and two people can have every different perspectives on what respect means. And so it's just like getting clarity on what that means. What does that look like? You know, what are actions? Like if I were to, you know, blow up, does that mean I'm disrespecting you? And so like the next time I blow up and then we're done for me, I'd say it's like breaking it down into clear, actionable steps as, as much as you're able to, And so I will use another example, I guess, for my own life, because it's the easiest (laughs) for me to speak from my own experience, is you have to be willing to walk away, even if he, and this has happened to me a few times where, you know, there, I, I have been in a really loving, caring relationship and he's a great guy, but you know, my last significant long-term relationship before my current one, um, was almost three and a half years. And he was a great guy, good guy, respectful, nice, kind. Um, but he was just like, we had different values of what we wanted out of life. Like I wanted to have children and he 
was unsure about children. It wasn't a no, it wasn't a yes. It was just like on the fence. And that wasn't quite working for me anymore after three and a half years of like, I can't just wait indefinitely for you. So even though there was so much love there, I was like, you know, this is, this is a make or break thing. It's like, if you're not willing to step up and you're just going to be in this weary state undefined state indefinitely you're not doing anything to help yourself figure that out for yourself then this isn't working and um so ultimately we broke up which was hard because there was so much love and he wasn't a bad guy he was a great guy and a good partner um but it's just like knowing what you need for yourself and um the relationship so another example outside of kids may be like you know I need you to respect me. Okay. That's, that's very big. You know, maybe I need you to give me a compliment twice a week or something like clear to feel like you're loved and you're respected. I need you to actually acknowledge me for this, this, and this anytime, like once a week, like one of the things that we do in my relationship is like, we acknowledge each other at the end of the day. And so that's a sign of respect and, you know, things that you interpret as disrespectful, like, oh, he didn't put away his dishes. How disrespectful of him. It's just like, I, I have to also like rein myself in and realize, you know, maybe he just got, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. He just forgot <laughs> and he got caught up in another thing. Maybe he got a message and had to hurry out of the kitchen. I don't know the situation. So to like take a step back and like be like, is, is this really disrespectful? Um, if, if dishes is really important for me, then I also need to communicate. It's like, hey, let's, um, let's have a system in place so this can happen. So those are some examples. I am sure you might be able to elaborate a little bit more on it, but I think it's just like creating as many actionable steps as possible would be a really great place to start and to really honor your word. It's like, I think it's a matter of both parties honoring their word. Like you say this thing and you do it like, you know, and if you don't do it, like you say, you know, I, I want to have a baby or a house or whatever it is that you want or a dog, whatever that might be. And you're like, if you're not willing to like, join me on this, is this a make or break thing of the relationship? And you got to decide what, what that is for yourself and honor your word of like actually walking away instead of like staying around and resenting that person indefinitely. It's not healthy for you either. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm getting a little off track from if that's toxic or not, and just more into general relationship advice. So yeah, that's where I'd start. Well, yeah, I do want to hone back in on something that you said that I think is really important, which is if you're trying to set boundaries to mm -hmm. just be as specific as possible. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, um, you know, if it's like, hey, you need to respect me. Well, what the hell does that actually mean? Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, so I'm going to go back to that example with, with my brother, you know, coming over and, and mm -hmm. like a potential solution or boundary could be like, okay, when I come over, what I would like is for you to, you know, acknowledge that I'm here, appreciate it, whatever else. If you start teasing me about it, I will give you a one reminder that like, hey, I really don't like this. I don't want you to do it. And then if you continue to do it, I'm leaving. I'm going home. And, you know, a setup like that gives you just very clear steps as well as kind of what you were talking about before, baking in a little bit of like, okay, 
there's this pattern, there's, there's this behavior, or like, I don't know 100% what's going on in their life or whatever else, right? A, a little bit of a cushion to say like, yeah, you know, I'm going to take some responsibility too. I'm going to remind you that I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And for sure, if you keep doing it after that, I'm just going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, by kind of breaking out each of those steps, I think it makes your boundary much easier to maintain mm-hmm. as opposed to my original example, which is like, if you don't respect me, I'm going to leave. Because like you said, like, okay, at what point does that trigger? At what point does that actually happen? Is, you know, what does it take for me to say, okay, I'm just going to leave because then the other person doesn't have a clear idea either. So Mm -hmm. um, I just really wanted to highlight how useful I think that is in terms of setting boundaries, just knowing exactly what it takes as opposed to this, like, you make me feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. Um, You know, it's, it's hard for the other side to really make adjustments uh, assuming again that it's toxic behavior and not a, a toxic person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of trickled into the behaviors again. <laughs> and that, like, yeah, I don't think um, those people are being toxic people, but just like they're being, their behavior is toxic in a way and unhealthy. Uh, and yeah, that, that reminded me of like actually just an incident that happened in my relationship recently when we got in a, a fight but he's not a toxic person but yeah sometimes he he gets triggered and he he gets caught up in his own fears and worries and then it like manifests in not so great ways that I like because it can be hurtful sometimes but you know we I had him actually create out like what is your action plan? <laughs> like I gave him like some of my recommendations and he can choose to pick and choose what he wants. But I was like, let's have you write this down in your notes and your phone. So when this happens, you don't do the thing that you always do. You can look at your phone and be like, oh, step one, two, three. These are the things that I, I wanted to do when this happens next. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but you can modify that plan. But at least there's like a plan that I know like that him honoring that plan that we, we set out together, um, will make me feel, cause I know that, you know, he's a human being like me and we both get triggered from time to time and are not so nice. Um, but we, we, we create a plan and it's, it's a constantly evolving plan that, you know, we've grown as a couple significantly because we've, we worked on various tools for ourselves. So our, our toolbox keeps kind of changing and evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, you know, that's pretty much the case universally, right? And there has to be some mm-hmm. back and forth of like, hey, what about this? Like, no, I'm, I'm not willing to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe we could solve the problem with this thing. And then you try it and you see how it goes. And like, oh, well, you know what? We're still circling into this pattern and we're still having this problem. Let's try this other angle. You know, it's not always a one and done, like, here's the solution. You do this. Okay, I'll do it. You know, like it's a, it's much more collaborative and experimental yeah. process to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered this topic pretty, pretty well. Do you have anything else you'd like to, to add or share? Nope. All right. Great. Well, uh, we hope you got some value out of this conversation. If you're dealing with someone toxic in your life, if they're a person or if it's their behaviors, you know, hopefully you got some tools and tips out of that. And if you have, you think of something that we didn't think of, feel free to put that in the comments below. That'd be great. And be sure to to like it as well. Um, So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. 
What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicebong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicebong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.